You can reach Canadian Assistive Technology, 1-844-795-8324. That's 844-795-8324. Or you can visit us online, www.canastech.com. C-A-N-T-E-C-H-A-S-S dot com. Wait, no, no what not- the dot com <laughs> it's like cantechass.com glad we caught that now <laughs> yeah, i was like wait i had to stop i was like that didn't sound right <laughs> oh wow, you're off your game today no kidding <laughs> this is the at banter podcast a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Ho, ho, ho. I don't like this new, what, what is this new thing? What happened to banter, banter? It's tis the season it's to not tis, be it's not, bantering. It's not tizzing any season yet. It's nope. still early. It's All still, right. it's like the first week of January. Of January? <laughs> Slow down, buddy. <laughs> it's, listen, it's the first week of December. Well, I guess it's, second we're almost in December. the second week, but. 14 days till Christmas at the time of this recording. Do you not think, like, I'm just fatigued <laughs> by now. Like, this has been going on since November 1st. It's already been almost been a month and a half of Christmas stuff. There was like, Christmas stuff before Halloween ended. I know. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's fatiguing. I don't know who's in charge of Christmas. <laughs> but listen, like, you people are, gonna, are fatigued by the time they get to December 25th. It's Please, can we just, can we celebrate Christmas? Like, you can even just have a month. Beginning of December, I will I will allow. That's 25 days mm-hmm. where you can do Christmas carols. We can pipe in Christmas music to Starbucks. You know, you go whole hog. Yep. 25 days. I think that's reasonable. But stop with the November October, 1st. November, yeah. Stop it. I'm tired of it. At least wait till after Remembrance Day. Have some respect. That's still too early. That's only mid-November. Yeah, it's pretty, we don't need that. Than Halloween. We don't need it. <laughs> I'm just willing to compromise. <laughs> I, under, I understand people are way into Christmas. I no problem with that. I'm not trying to be a Grinch, but I'm just saying, you know, even people You're who like Christmas. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Two months of it is just too much. It is. I agree. For people who love it even. Yep. So you're just fatiguing people and making them tired and... uh yeah, see now you've see, now you've just see what you did. You just you triggered me, and oh, now we've just right. I got triggered th- this morning th- by a call. So three minute rant. I'm bringing you down with me. <laughs> uh, hey, what? Uh, oh, now, I'm, now I'm derailed. Okay, what are we do? <laughs> what are we doing today? Today we are talking with Sean Tibbetts from CyberEyes. Very cool. So, and what is CyberEyes? CyberEyes is a camera mounted on a set of glasses frames. Uh huh that have the ability to do OCR of objects or text. They have uh, the Amazon Assistant built in as well. Uh So you can actually ask questions, get answers. It's got barcode reading, color identification. So Um, is it it mainly for for the blind or is it for any visual impairment really? I think it's more tailored 
for the blind. I, I believe there is some low vision stuff, but to what extent I don't recall. Well, I don't know why I'm asking you. I mean, we, we can yeah. ask Sean when he when sure. he gets that's here. That's probably a get better way. That's to probably go. a better thing to do. Yeah. But uh, oh, that's cool. That'll be interesting. Um, hey Ryan, guess what? What? Hey, we got some email. Hey, so we know, got mail. So you know what that means? Bumper to bump bump. It's time for mail. All right. Hey, so we so Stephanie emailed us um, about our Apple show. Yes, thank you, Steph. We love hearing from our listeners. And it wasn't even hate mail, even though she she did disagree with, uh, and it wasn't even hate mail. <laughs> uh, Stephanie says, "I would like to give some input to your recent podcast on Apple. I believe in the right to repair topic you put forth, and I'm very glad Apple controls apps that are in their app store." By controlling what shows up in the Apple Store, Apple is able to uphold their striving for excellence and to avoid breaches of security if apps were not regulated. Apple users don't use any antivirus apps on our computers because Apple has a high quality of security and privacy. I've gone to the Apple Store, had three of my devices replaced without cost, even though my warranty was expired. Apple has an accessibility team that I can contact toll-free 24 hours a day, seven days a week for any problems I have, or if I need assistance in finding ways to use an app. And Apple has remote share on both computers and its devices, so support is immediate and of the highest quality. I am so thrilled with Apple having accessibility as one of their six core principles that I often inform people about voiceover on Apple and that as a company, they provide 24-7 accessibility support, and people are surprised and delighted with that info and makes them to want to purchase Apple products. Not only does Apple have built-in voiceover, but they have been leaders and role models of accessibility in the tech world, and it has caused other companies to step up to the plate. Without Apple accessibility, the technology for myself as a visually impaired person would look very different and not in a good way. I will always support Apple, for the fact that they are the ones who have made lives better for those of us with disabilities. When Microsoft came out with their toll-free number accessibility team a couple years ago, I called them and after 20 minutes of speaking with somebody who was not trained in accessibility and who was struggling with the English language, our phone connection was lost for some reason. Since that time, I've decided to focus on Apple and to support their company. In the podcast where Apple was the topic, Ryan was the only person with vision loss and I noted how easily it is for someone with sight to dismiss an Apple product because they do not need to rely on things being accessible to meet their needs. There you have it, my views and experience with Apple. Thank you so much for your efforts, podcasts, and bantering. Cheers, Steph. So, make some good points. Um, she made some, like you said, some. she had some very valid points. Um, you know, I've had an experience at an Apple store as well where one of my Apple TVs was out of warranty and just stopped working. They couldn't get it to work and they replaced it at no cost as well. So I've had, I've had great experience with Apple myself. You know, give Apple a lot of credit. You know, they have their disability or accessibility desk. People mm -hmm. love them. They rave yep. them. They're trained in that. That's true. I mean, they, 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 and she's absolutely right. I mean, they've set the gold standard yep. um, for other companies to follow. And... And it's great. Like, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that, you know, she's had nothing but, you know, a great experience um, yep. with, with Apple products. And that's really what it should be like. And that's, I, I feel like that's why it's important to call out Apple with sto when stories like this surface, like we, we talked about in the, in the show, 
um, because we want to make sure that they maintain that standard. Right. Um, and we want other companies to, you know, up their game and, uh, and, and reach Apple's standards as well. So, uh, you know, it's important, you know, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'd be, you know, certainly interested in hearing what other people's experiences with Apple are. I'm sure that there's a ton of great experiences that people have had with, with Apple products. I mean, for people, sure. people are Apple fans for a reason. Yep. You know, it's not, it's not like, uh, you know, where the argument is that, that they're junk and they're garbage and that everything, you know, is, is a terrible customer experience. Right. It, the only reason that those stories are, are coming forward and they're such big deals is, is because it does sort of go against years and years of really high quality um, Apple service and, and their products. I mean, to this day, I mean, you open a, a an Apple box. The packaging is all neat and tidy. It's gorgeous. And, yep. It's gorgeous. I mean, the designs are gorgeous. I mean, there's there's no doubt that uh, that there there's still you know a really really high standard of of service and um, product. It's just you know they're they're sliding. They're they're backsliding a bit. Yeah, it seems, and uh, you know, I think it's important for us to call them out on it, and uh, so that they uh, they don't get away with that. But I mean, uh, she, I, I like the other point that she brought up too, which was, and I and I kind of tried to, I kind of tried to mitigate it a little bit because I could tell that when me and Steve were talking about it, um, it, it is easy to just, as a sighted person, it's easy to dismiss Apple on grounds, you know. It, that you know of oh well we don't like itunes or we don't you know we don't like the way that things are locked down um it absolutely is a different a completely different thing when somebody with disabilities is looking to purchase a computer they're going to look at that purchase a lot differently than than say me or steve Mm -hmm. um and they are going to look at the accessibility record and they are going to look at the the um, accessibility features right out of the box and hands down i mean i could totally understand someone picking an apple product based on their history no no other company has the the the, the rich and storied history um, for accessibility that apple does right um, nobody else has an, a 24 7 accessibility desk where you're actually getting people who are trained in it microsoft's 24 7 now well okay but again 24/7. they don't have the track record that apple accessibility has and i don't know how trained they are exactly know? Exactly. Or who they've outsourced it exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's be honest. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they're still the, you know, they're gold still, standard. They're still yeah. the gold standard. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think with any of these products, you know, we keep coming back to the, the mentality that, you know, not one size fits all. You know, do your research, find the product that meets your needs, whether right. it's Apple, whether it's Windows, whether it's Linux, doesn't matter. As long as that product meets your needs. That's what's important. So, you know, not that you know, we're not we're not bagging on Apple. We're not bagging on Windows. They all have their problems. Um, you know, we have we have a couple news stories today that about uh, the problems that the Google Store has had recently, um, and problems that, that Microsoft has had. Um, I mean, look at uh, look at the Windows Update disaster that they Windows had. eighteen oh nine was released um, October second or fourth and then it was pulled on the sixth and then it was re released and pulled again and then I still nev- don't have it. I've never and seen, still having issues. I've never seen a Windows no, update. This one was is, horrid. But the one before it they had to pull yeah. as well. Um 
Yeah, it was due in the eighteen oh three. It was due in April, and it came out like mid May or something. So I don't so, know. I don't know what they're doing in their with their support, uh, but man alive! Like, well, the problem crazy. is, you know, I listen to a couple podcasts. One called Windows Weekly, and you know, these guys are writers on Microsoft specifically and on the Twit Network this week in tech, and um, you know, Microsoft has released blog articles saying, you know, we we. We value quality. We we have a team of quality people looking at these bugs and, and, and beta issues that come in because Microsoft has these insider rings. There's literally millions of people testing this product before it goes out. And there's a feedback hub that people can leave feedback. And one of the common threads is Microsoft doesn't seem to be paying any attention to these because these bugs were all reported. But Microsoft still pushed out the update. Really? This fall. Yeah. They were all reported and they still pushed the update out. Wow. Microsoft wants to some for some reason be on this two releases per year cycle when I think most of us would be really happy if we got back to one major version a year. They used to be one every three years. We remember the XP days. There was XP and then, you know, Vista. It was every three years there was a new version of Windows. We don't need two major releases a year. And I think Microsoft just needs to slow down, listen to their insiders who are basically their public beta testers. And fix these bugs. Yeah, clearly. I mean, you know. and some of these bugs are crazy that are getting out. They're giving people blue screens of death. I mean, they were deleting people's files when they first pushed it out. These are not minor bugs. Yeah. These are these are huge bugs for people. And the point with all that is just that you know, every every company has its own share of problems. Um, we could certainly do an hour podcast on Google and and its issues. We could have an hour podcast on. Uh, Microsoft and all its issues. I mean, I think the only reason that that we sort of chose to do that Apple episode was mainly because we felt it was important to talk about because of Apple's history. Well, and I think that that fix-it repair was gaining a little bit more traction again, too. Yeah. You know, people are getting royally, well, people are getting screwed. Yeah. Having to pay Apple's repair costs when something would cost, you know, a tenth of what they're charging so yeah and it's, it needs to be brought to their attention and absolutely and and you know steph's absolutely right you know in the accessibility community apple products are very important absolutely and so we don't want to we they need to be called out on these things uh, you know when when it's when they're caught hey steve why don't you tell the fine folks about canadian assistive technology well, Canadian Assistive Technology is a Canadian-based distributor of, guess what, assistive technology. I would not have guessed that. Uh, really? Oh, i got to work something better into the name then. <laughs> um, and uh, we do uh, all kinds of low vision and blindness aids, as well as all kinds of physical access aids and uh, accessible furniture, you name it. Visit our website at www.canastech.com. Rick, let me ask you about this. Chaos Technical Services. Chaos Technical Services. Don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Speaking of repairs. We are the sister company to Canas Tech. Um, we do the repairs on uh, low vision devices, uh, uh, reading machines uh, for libraries, braille printers, and pretty well anything in between. We can be found at uh, www.chaostechnicalservices.com. Joining us now is Sean Tibbetts, the co-founder and president of CyberTimes. 
Hello, Ryan. Hi, Sean. How are you? Oh, doing well, thanks. Excellent. Well, hey, well, listen, thanks for uh, taking some time out to talk to us a little bit about uh, CyberEyes. It's uh, it, it's a, it looks like a really cool product. So why don't we, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about CyberTimes, the, the actual company, and uh, how long you guys have been around. Sure. So we started actually uh, four years ago last month. I quit my day job uh, with a four-month pregnant wife and uh, started going back and forth to Kentucky and recruiting friends of mine and built the company. And we actually founded it in February of 2015. So been running ever since been a lot of fun now cyberize itself was is it your first product well no when we first started we actually tried uh, we had what's called cyber eyes cyber ears and cyber arms were for still wearable technology but focused on different disability areas um, for example people with uh, uh, hearing loss and, and deafness that we had smart watches that could listen for oven timers doorbells smoke detectors and vibrate and light up and tell them which device was going off but um, you know, CyberEyes, we were able to do a lot of really good field testing in Washington, D.C., and that product really, really found a, a market quickly. And we said, you know what, this is what we're going to focus on for now. So the other products hit the back shelf, and here we are. Well, and 2015 was an interesting time, too, because it was really the birth of the wearables craze uh, that we sort of find ourselves in the middle of now. Um, was that So that was always really your... Uh, you know, the, the, the golden goose that you guys were after? Well, so for me, it, it's kind of funny. I love selling this part of the story is uh, I was totally burnt out on IT. I'd been in IT for almost 25 years at that point. I was just miserable, hated my job um, to the point that I started a food truck and a food truck association and fought <laughs> the government and changed the law and built the whole food truck industry. I was so done with technology. Um, but I was wearing a pair of Google Glass at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Oh, and this nice. friend of mine, she asked me, she says, hey, can I try those on? And I let her try them on. A couple of minutes later, she just burst into tears and i asked her i said did it burn you did it pinch you what happened and she says no you don't get it it's got a, a camera in the front and a speaker in my ear it can tell me what i'm looking at and so we just started talking and, and trying to figure out what could be done and, and one day she asked me she says well could you make these glasses read text and i actually laughed because i'd been working for xerox for years in my career and built an ocr engine that read medical claims forms at a million forms an hour and so i, I thought she was being funny and i said of course i can make these glasses read text and that's where it started well and it's funny you know we we've often talked about um you know in the course of, of talking you know about accessibility and, and talking about assistive technology in particular and we've always talked about the google glass and how it was kind of ahead of its time um i don't feel like the market was really ready for that as a as a mainstream device but as a piece of at it's an incredibly powerful platform so i find it really interesting that that's sort of was was the the acted as a bit of the genesis for CyberEyes. Oh, absolutely. And what we found out very quickly, though, was we, we did field trials in D.C., and we broke four pairs in four weeks. And what it was was the way they did the imaging on that. There was a little piece of foil that they actually reflected the image off of, and then it went onto a, a refractive piece of glass, and that's what you looked at. But if that foil got wet, it would crinkle up and just destroy the image forever. Ooh. And so in just misty fog and that sort of thing, we kept breaking Google Glass. And there was no autofocus on the camera. So the OCR results were shoddy at best, that sort of thing. 
so we went back and we tried with the, the Oculus Rift, the HoloLens, the Epson Bavario BT200 smart glasses, the Sony smart glasses, which never made it to market, and the Vuzix M100 smart glasses. And across 100 people that we tested with at the Centers for Independent Living and National Federation for the Blind men's and women's groups in D.C. and Baltimore, 100 out of 100 all picked the Vuzix glasses. Wow. So that's where we started and, and kind of stayed. Yeah. Did you get a lot of feedback in terms of what what exactly was it about um, those glasses that that people were were gravitating towards, or was it was it just that oh, they were absolutely. just way more stable? Oh, absolutely! Like one of the things that we saw over and over again was Hololens and even Google Glass. While they were okay platforms, we had folks that were trying to use these in warehouse environments under halogen lights or outside, and where they had the clear frame or the clear lens, which sounds like a good idea when you're trying to use it to enhance vision and that that image starts to wash out it just doesn't work so anything that was a see-through lens was out almost immediately right so the the music ones and even the epson ones were a little different the epson had a, a green screen that was a little brighter a little easier to see but washout was one of the number one issues and then number two was battery life everybody needs a device that can work for them all day long and as a battery they'll go eight ten twelve hours with them and so that that would very quickly weed out other devices as well. So step us through some of the the features uh, of the current generation of uh, the CyberEyes and exactly what what it can actually do. Sure. So uh, you should know that every feature in CyberEyes has a name tied to it. I love telling all the stories that go with it. But uh, we do magnification. So on either the Vuzix platform or we're now on the Samsung uh, Gear virtual reality headset platform as well. On either of those, you can magnify up to 15 or 20 times in real time with no lag. Uh, we also have OCR, that there's an offline OCR on both devices that are really good and can read text basically left to right, top to bottom. But if you have internet access, uh, I don't know if you guys are big fans of seeing AI over yep. in your neck of the woods. You guys use seeing AI on the iPhone? Yep. Yeah, okay, very yep. good. Yep. So we have Seeing AI built into CyberEyes. Oh, wow. So instead of trying to line up your phone and read it, you just look at the document, snap picture, and the glasses read it back to you. Same code, same servers that Seeing AI uses, so it's a, a great OCR engine. Um, outside of that, there's also Amazon Alexa built in, so it's Alexa on your head. She goes everywhere you go. All the skills you use at home, you can use on the go. Uh, it also has a barcode scanner. Uh, all of the, the functions in CyberEyes, also you should know, are, are built for folks that are total blind first. So our barcode scanner, for example, uses computer vision that you can take a can and spin the can in front of the glasses. It'll analyze that image frame by frame, find the barcode, cut it out automatically. We use Google Shopping for our back end. So if you can find that product on Google, we're going to find it. We submit it to Google. They tell us what the, the product is, and we read it back to you. Wow. So total blind, you're able to go shopping on your own, cook on your own, that kind of stuff. That's one of my favorite things we do. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so outside of barcode scanning and Alexa and the OCR, there's also a color identifier that recognizes over 1,600 unique colors, uh, but also gives you the crayon box name. So it'll say, you know, this image is 42% Arcadia color family brown. So it gives you the exact name, wow. but then the, the crayon box colors do. Uh, outside of color recognition, there's mood ring mode. That mood ring mode, you can take a picture of somebody. It'll tell you if they're happy, sad, angry, or surprised. We're always saying that we're either saving or destroying marriages around the world. How do you do that? You. 
<laughs> we're we're just the tool maker. That's right. right that's right. Uh, outside of neutering mode, there's also object recognition. So in offline object recognition, you can look around a room. It'll tell you that's a a TV, a chair, a dog. But in online mode, you take a picture of that dog. It'll tell you the breed that you know wow. it's a golden retriever or something like that. It's it's really powerful object recognition. But at some point, we all know it all fails, right? OCR reads you all exclamation points and gibberish and barcode won't beep to save your life. Last but not least, in our partnership with Microsoft, we also have Skype built into CyberEyes. So in one button click, you can open up a real-time video phone call with somebody. They see what the glasses see and can tell you what's going on. It's someone you know that you trust. You connected to them on Skype before, a family member, a friend, someone that's there to help you. Now, with, you know, when we're here in Canada, and over the years, when it comes to barcode reading, it's always been kind of hit and miss, and I don't know if it's because our, bi our barcodes are coded bilingually or what the differences are between barcodes between the U.S. and Canada and possibly other countries. Have, have, have you tested yours with Canadian products? So that's one of the odd things is that, uh, oddly enough, I know way more about barcodes than I ever wanted. To. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> just God's honest truth. Um, it turns out there are, it's either 13 or 15 different types of barcodes. And classic barcode scanners, the old laser, point it, read it sort of thing, could really only support somewhere between three to five of those. But barcode scanning in the last two to three years has moved to machine learning. And so using, we actually use machine learning on the glasses to do this barcode lookup and barcode detection and scanning and all that good stuff. Using that, we're able to process every type of barcode that exists on the planet and get the number out of it, submit it to Google, and get the response back. Okay. So mm -hmm. while I haven't done it in Canada, yeah. because I understand the technology way deeper than I should, I'm pretty darn confident it's going to work fine. I'll have to. I know somebody who has one, so I'll have to try it. Um, there you go. So with also the Seeing AI app, do you support all the channels that are currently on the app? We're building them out piece by piece. So some of it we want to be a little careful of what we use Microsoft versus what we use from Google. Right. So um, you know, the, one of the big things in machine learning is he who has the biggest data set is going to win. Yep. So that, that's actually what Seeing AI is about, is gathering as much image data as they can. But their OCR license says they only keep the metadata where Google's OCR license says they keep the image itself. Right. Well, the object recognition, the license flip-flops. <laughs> so that's why we use Google's vision library for object recognition, but Microsoft for OCR. So okay. we're looking at the different pieces and bringing those to the platform, but we want to do it in a way that, that puts privacy first. Right. So with, with the wearable marketplace really starting to to pick up speed, um, are you finding that it's it's a challenge, sort of keeping up with um, what what stuff is out there and what what all these different products uh, can do? Well, what we find is there are a couple of, of specific limiting factors, right? So, out of all the virtual reality headsets that are out there, there's so many with the Oculus Go and, and the HTC Vive and on and on, but there's only one that doesn't have a wire that hangs off of it and has a front-facing camera, and that's the Samsung Gear VR. It's the only one in the whole world that can do that right now. Right. So while there are a lot of different options out there, the, the product that we make and the crowd that we serve, there's some very specific requirements, 
and if they're not there, they're just out from the beginning. So <laughs> while I, I get bombarded with a lot, hey, have you seen this? Hey, have you heard about these guys yet? And we review them all. Please know, everybody, I check them all. <laughs> right. But we are always looking for, for hardware that we know is going to work right. Right. Because one of our, you've got to know that um, our big focus, the, the folks that have heard me speak know that my big focus in this space is the, the 72% unemployment rate. Um, I get in, in trouble for being a little crass, but to be honest about it, it pisses me off. Sure. Um, if there was any other class of people uh, by race, by religion, by sex, that had that kind of unemployment rate, there would be riots in the street. Yeah, right. But the visually Absolutely. impaired community is just not treated that way and has that unemployment rate, and it drives me insane. So that's really what we focus on with CyberEyes. And so the M300, we've worked really hard with the National Industries for the Blind here in the States. And we've got a girl in Kalamazoo, Michigan, who is total blind, doing a full-time receptionist job, uses CyberEyes to sort the mail every day, read all the envelopes, sort them into the right people's mailboxes. When calls come in on the switchboard, she can read the incoming call, route it to the right person. Uh, she runs a copier every day. We've got a girl in Milwaukee that um, there's a, a certain machine that when the temperature gets off by three degrees, the whole line stops, the whole floor comes to a stop using CyberEyes. She can read that LED screen and change it and get the machine back up and running in seconds. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm full of these stories, right? And I, I love what I do. <laughs> but that's the, the big focus for us is, is really on employment. Um, that's where we've been for the, the last couple of years. But with the release of the Samsung Gear VR, we've really found a, a new way that we can serve with folks that are looking to, to watch TV, watch their grandkids. They needed a large screen, something that was a really good wearable magnifying device. And I'll be honest, the, the Vuzix device, the screen size was just too small. We heard that a lot, so we listened. We found the only other platform on planet Earth that has a, a facing camera, and we're on it. Couple of questions. I was going to say, you know, it's probably the ideal product for me because a couple of weeks ago, Sean, I formatted my hard drive and had to use seeing AI to look at my 55 inch TV to tell me what the status was. So, <laughs> trying to oh, trying geez. to move, trying to move my little iPhone around the screen to to read the text was not easy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we've, we've got a guy. There's one of the, the other work stories, right? We've got a guy that runs in a, a production board at a TV station. And he uses CyberEyes. They weren't able to install JAWS on the, the 12 TV monitors, obviously, and it would have driven everybody crazy anyway. Right. Uh, but he uses CyberEyes to be able to magnify and see those TVs and, and operate the board. Well, so for somebody who's low vision then and they can magnify, like what is the field of view of the glasses? So Samsung says it's 72 degrees. Right. Um, we use the straight Samsung S8 smartphone and the Gear VR virtual reality headset that you can buy at Best Buy, Walmart, Amazon, wherever. The same hardware. And their website says 72 degrees. I've had some clinicians argue with me. That's why I point to my source. <laughs> but that's what Samsung says. Right. One of the other questions I had before Rob jumps no, in because he was about to. No, no, that's okay. Is with the, if, if you're online using one of the functions of the cyberized device is it only wi-fi connectivity or is there like lte connections oh no there's so well i guess it depends on which device you're using now i've always said no it's so funny the samsung is so <laughs> um, with the the music device no there is no cell connection but you can bluetooth pair it to your cell and use it as a, a hands-free headset so you can use it for making phone calls and text messages and all that sort of thing the Samsung 
is a phone, right? The, the Samsung S8 right. smartphone right. or any smartphone that fits in the Gear VR headset. We have folks that already own their own S7 or their own S9. Cyberize works on that phone too. Yeah, I mean, the, what what really strikes me with it is is just how much is baked into this, uh, like how much it can actually do. Um, is is that a sort of a, a blessing, but a curse for you guys? Because it's got it's a lot of balls to have in the air to try to to try to develop. It is, um, but where we're at with it is, is Cyberize is a little different. I, I heard somebody describe us describe the market the other day that they actually kind of equated us to the Google of the products that are out there. That yes, there is a lot. There's a lot of different tools built into Cyberize. We haven't even talked about the settings. Right on the Samsung, you can change the display modes. You can move the whole virtual screen left, right, up, down, forward, back to find your sweet spot for this 70-inch screen. <laughs> so, but there's just on and on with customizations that are available. And so they really compared us to the, the Google of the, the products that are available in this space. And I'm pretty proud of that, right? I, I think that's awesome. So we're not a vanilla solution, right? We're not a, a hey, I'm gonna pick this thing up and in 30 seconds I'm off and running and understand it completely. We usually work with folks and say, well, what's the first thing you wanna do? Right. And the number one request is read my own mail. That is number right. one across the board. So we have a dedicated class on OCR. Here's how to get the best OCR results out of your device. And we run free training classes every day at 10 o'clock and three o'clock and they're free for life attend them as, as often mm. as you want. Wow. Yeah. So when somebody purchases the CyberEyes, do they get all of that functionality built into a device or can they add on as time goes by? Oh, it all comes with the device. And one of the other benefits of CyberEyes is we do free software updates for life. Oh, wow. So when we first released three years ago on the M100, all it did was read text in English, right? Since then, we've added 160 languages, magnification, barcode mode, Alexa, Skype, on and on and on. All of those have been free software updates for all of our users. That's awesome. And I have to I have to throw this out there. Rob's rolling his eyes at me already. I know, I'm not even rolling. I'm jumping in. But I, <laughs> I, I have a couple Amazon Echoes in my house and I have a Google Home. So when are you when are you gonna add Google Assistant? So the Samsung, you can use the Assistant now. Okay. The Vuzix, it's a licensing issue. Okay. We're working with Vuzix and Google and everybody trying to get the device approved as a, what's called an Android open source project. Right. Uh, we're trying to get the M300 approved as that so we can get access to Assistant and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, because I like my Amazon Echoes, but there's definitely sometimes you ask Google a question and Google's answer is way more appropriate or context oh, appropriate yeah. than Amazon's. So. Yeah, well, and the coolest one, we've got a guy down in Florida, Matthew, that um, he wears the Samsung all the time, that he's got L-H-O-N, yep. and walks yep. his daughter to school back and forth, and mows his lawn, and he's doing all kinds of stuff in him. And so he's talking about that he takes the, takes the phone out of the headset, uses Google Assistant to say, navigate to the grocery store or wherever. The map starts, he pops the phone back into his headset, so he has his magnification and his different white balance modes and whatnot, and then gets turn-by-turn turn directions all the way there. Wow. You don't recommend people driving, though, do you? <laughs> I, I don't. Um, the same guy, Matthew, though, I, I point this out, but it, it, he's clearly the exception to the rule. He went down to his police station in, in Largo and uh, took the driver's test and actually passed. Wow. So they gave him a provisional driver's license to drive a little three-wheeled electric trike. They said, all right, we're going to try it out. We're going to see. 
That's funny. <laughs> so, even starting. We'll, we'll see. Wow. I apologize. That... I'm getting over a little cold this weekend. I... Uh, so is Rob. Still, yeah, that was working. that was me last week. Uh, I, I feel your pain. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I have a three-year-old, and my wife teaches at a preschool, so it, it, we're just always. <laughs> oh, that's a germ factory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What's on the table in terms of development? So, like, are you are you guys always kind of looking to incorporate more? Um, programs or more if features into it because it seems to me oh, that that's the real that's the real power of using this these as a, as a platform is the versatility of it oh absolutely we're we're reaching out to other folks to get them into the cyberize platform all the time um one of them and, and you know I'm, I'm gonna share my dirty secret but i need help from be my eyes i want be my eyes on cyberize right. bad guys with the, the CEO, we had a conversation this summer, and he said, Sean, I, I just don't have the development resources. I, I don't see the demand yet. I need you guys to email him. <laughs> <laughs> email the Be My Eyes guys and tell them to get on the CyberEyes. So, but we're always looking for, for other platforms and, and other folks to bring in. The coolest one, I'll actually do a, an announcement today. I'm allowed to, to tell everybody today. So breaking news. On Ooh, I love Banter, it. Guys. I love it. Yeah, right? So we just finished the integration with CyberEyes and TapGlove. I don't know if you've heard of Tap or not. They're a company based out of Israel, but it's a, a device that you can wear on your hand that the best way I can think of to describe it, and everybody always giggles, but it's still the best way I can think of, <laughs> is think of a, a set of brass knuckles, but it's made out of rubber and fabric. And so really? you put this thing on like five rings. And so we've got it set up that you tap your thumb to take a picture, your index finger to zoom out, your middle finger tap to zoom in, your pinky to go back a screen, right? So you can, can do everything on the glasses without ever touching them. You just tap your oh, fingers wow. on the surface somewhere. Yeah, it's so but... cool. But yeah, we're, we're super excited about that because we've worked with folks that have arthritis and folks that have mobility issues and, and polytrauma issues, that sort of thing, that even the buttons or the swipe pad just wasn't uh, going to work for them. And now we've got a way that they can use the glasses and control it with one hand. It's just so cool. Well, so if, he, if he hadn't noticed, right, that's what lights my fire is cool tech. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> well, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, it doesn't it doesn't get any sexier or cooler than wearables at the moment. I mean, that's where the demand is. The market demand is definitely for uh, a product just like this um, right now. Um, you know, we, we're, we're an assistive technology, we work for an assistive technology company as well. And the idea of wearables is something that, I mean, they, they've been trying for a long time to do. But, you know, in the past right. five years, it's really where the tech has really caught up with the, uh, with the vision uh, of, of actually being able to make a, a, some sort of a wearable device that people are going to be able to wear for long periods of time that are going to be able to do like pretty much anything that the user is going to need for it to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. Well, what I say is that the, the AT space, accessible technology as a whole, it's time for a disruption. The, the way it's been structured in the past, there are only two other industries that distribute product the same way that AT does. And the, what I mean by that is the, the economics of this are typically proprietary hardware manufacturers mm -hmm. who distribute to national distributors, who distribute to local distributors, who distribute through state agencies, who distribute to the end user. Right. 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 And it's right. been that way for years and years and years. The only other two industries that operate that way are healthcare and construction. 
Hmm. Healthcare in every country around the world is either broken or blowing up. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then the in construction, we all can see that by the time 3D printers are at the point that they can build structures, construction is not going to work that way anymore either. Right. right. So AT is the only one left. And what I see in the space, and when I talk about cyber times all the time, we are a software company. We are finally at a space in time where we are lucky enough that there is commercial off-the-shelf hardware that will zoom a 20x with a digital camera. Ten years ago, you yeah. could only get that with a proprietary lens. That's right. Now it's off-the-shelf and normal. Right. So it's time. It's time for a disruption in the space. That's what we're here to do. We price our product fairly as a software app that's very specialized for wearable hardware. We don't mark up the hardware at all. We provide support for life just like any other app would do. Right? Yep. We're really trying to change the way folks approach this business. Well, and I think, too, you know, Rob and I keep talking about AI and the power of AI to affect and influence assistive technology users. And I think, you know, a product like CyberEyes taking advantage of Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa or whatever's to come next. Well, machine um, learning in machine general. Machine learning in general, for sure, is is going to advance this so far forward. Yeah, it's really yeah, the new well, frontier. Well, that's really where our focus has been for a while, guys. I think that's one of the other things that separates us from the pack a little bit, is we've been doing on-device machine learning since 2017. <laughs> yeah. I think even yeah, even the guys at Vuzix, we were at CES, and uh, we were invited to stay in the Vuzix booth, which was awesome. And I was talking to the engineers. He said, man, I really want to put TensorFlow on the glasses and do object recognition. They said, no, 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 they're, they're not going to run it. There's no way you can do that. And so I went back to the hotel room that night, and by the next morning, I was exhausted. But I walked in, and I showed them TensorFlow running on their glasses. Like uh -huh. They said it, it wasn't possible, and overnight, we were able to do it. So mm -hmm. it, that's what I talk about, right, is that the, the hardware is here. The hardware is here. What's missing is the developers. The developers yeah, yes. to recognize the platforms are available to, you know, fill a need, see a need, fill a need. What is it, that robots movie? <laughs> I'm <not> a three-year-old. <laughs> We're always watching these movies. <laughs> that's what's missing at the moment. The hardware is here. Most of it is here. There's always stuff that's going to be better. There's always going to be something that comes out that is an improvement. But what's missing is for people to just really sit down and develop customized, specialized software solutions that meet all those proprietary hardware devices that are out there today. And it's a matter of time. And, and just thinking about this, and maybe it's obvious, and I'm just, I'm missing it, but let's say you're using a, a Samsung S8 or S9, and you pull up a Netflix app. Can you actually watch Netflix movie or TV through the CyberEyes lenses and magnify it? You you can. That's one of the coolest parts, actually, that we talk about is, is the whole family aspect of this Samsung version is you can bring up uh, Netflix and start watching your movie. And if you've got a Google Chromecast, you can cast it to the TV. So everybody <laughs> oh, gets to watch cool. the same movie at the same time. It's just really <laughs> cool. You can oh, yeah, right. So you can cast it from the phone. I was like, you can cast from the glasses? Cool. <laughs> but yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's the phone, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But even the M300, so cool. you can cast from the M300, too. And everybody can see your screen. It's got YouTube and iHeartRadio and Spotify and all those. And, you know, the other huge advantage of this is that by using all these mainstream, I, you know, I, I put that in quotes, but, you know, I don't know what else to call it, but sort of the mainstream apps and technology, um, you know, you... <laughs> 
Because, you know, previously, and we've, me and Ryan have always talked about this, you know, previously AT has been very much an, an add-on. It's been something that's been developed separately to sort of be tacked on to something in order to make it accessible. Um, but here, you, you know, these days, you know, guys like you are, are turning that on its head and it's just you're taking, you're taking the mainstream and building uh, a, a, an AT product out of all these mainstream pieces. Um, and those are, those are the, you know, the mainstream stuff is, is usually is what is at the cutting edge. Um, and it's usually what, what, you know, people with, with limitations are sort of, uh, walled away from. Um, but that's all changing right now. And that's, that's so incredibly exciting. I, I got to tell you, I actually see it a little differently. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Um, I actually see that AT is always 20 to 30 years ahead of consumer technology. And the best example is OCR. Ray Kurzweil invented OCR in the, what was it, 1972, 74, right. specifically yep. for the visually impaired and blind community. Yep. But Enterprise didn't pick up on it until the late 80s. And we were, I was working at that point, and we were all paying a company called Iron Mountain to store paper. And it cost thousands upon thousands of dollars to store all this stupid paper. And so they, that, that's when they realized, wait a minute, maybe OCR could be useful for us. And that's when OCR really took off is when Enterprise picked it up. You started seeing multiple engines and right. multiple algorithms, that sort of thing. I see the same thing with all the voice assistants, right? Siri and even Google Assistant, as awesome as they are, you know, point fingers and blame where you will, but Dragon, naturally speaking, was out there in the early 90s for the sure. blind community. So I see this community way out front most of the time. And that's actually why I'm, I'm confident to run a company that sells a wearable product in this space. I wouldn't sell a wearable in the consumer space. It doesn't make sense right now, right? Unless you're a Fitbit or one of those that, that has huge funding and the availability to do it, go do it. But sure. if you're going to be on the cutting edge and bleeding edge of technology, the only place that that market really exists is in AT. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in terms of, in terms of wearables in particular, the difference between um, sort of a mainstream user of a wearable is that they're going to see it as a gimmick. Um, when you're building a piece of AT that, you know, adds so much uh, quality of life to somebody who, you know, say is visually impaired, they're going to see that device completely different as somebody who's going to see a Fitbit and, you know, could give a crap whether or not they happen to forget it on their dresser that day or, you know, so oh, it, it, it is definitely two much, much different demographics. Um, but, it, but I don't know, I always, I'm just, I'm amazed and like, Del gleefully delighted <laughs> when those two marry up into a single product um, because really that's the ideal the the ideal is a, a mainstream product that's a mainstream product that just happens to also be an incredibly powerful piece of at it should just be valuable oh, to anybody absolutely. who wears it Absolutely. Well, and the other thing that it brings to the space that, that's been missing, because it, it, the other thing about AT, right, is it, it says it in the name, accessible technology. Well, in technology, there's a, a concept called, called Moore's Law that says every 18 months, the capacity doubles and the price gets cut in half. But in AT, for some reason, every time they add a new feature, they add a thousand bucks. Yes, that's right. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Right? There's a real law that says you don't do that. And it's right? 
And so it's, that, that's my other position in the space, right? Is it, it, it's time for Moore's Law. If we either pick your way, your path. Are you gonna be a product distribution organization? Or are you gonna be a technology organization? And either way, in product distribution, the disruption is here because commercial off-the-shelf hardware is meeting 90% of the need. And on the other side of the fence, it's here, right? We either act as a, a technology group and, and recognize the laws and rules that come along with that, don't well and you can right? and somebody's going to come along and eat your lunch it's me <laughs> yeah and you can understand you know companies starting out there's going to be you know development costs up front manufacturing costs you know all, all that sort of stuff but some of these companies have been around 20 30 years you can't tell me that it's still costing a thousand dollars to purchase a screen reader when that product's been out for you know 25 years right right, right. that, that, well, that development's been done reader stuff it, it, if you look at, at Google's site, you know, they, and it's one of the things we even say, you know, it's Google offline OCR. Google says that OCR should be trivial now. That's right. the word they use. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they say the machine learning has brought OCR to the point that it should now be a trivial task. Right. Go do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even all the cool stuff that CyberEyes does, I tell people that as a CEO, it's my job to take a look at where we're spending our resources, what what's working, what's not working, put more resources on what is working, that sort of thing. If I look at the company that way, 80% of our resources are actually spent on funding and financing programs, as crazy as that sounds. But we have 19 different funding streams that we use here in the States to get the glasses paid for for people right. because I recognize that, right? I, I sell a product that is around a $2,000 price point in a market that is 72% unemployed. Yeah. Right. I right. have to find the funding for them. Yep. Right? So yeah, so we, we spend an awful lot of time working through, A, identify the programs, identify the requirements of the programs, help people get all the application process filled out, get it submitted, act as a liaison between them and whoever it is that administers the programs. You know, like I can connect and vocational rehabilitation and uh, division of blind services, that sort of thing. We work very closely with all of those groups. So that's one of the things I really pride ourselves on too, that I, I think the space needs disruption as well. Sure. Everybody lays a product out there and says, "Hey, check out this awesome thing." Now go figure out how to get it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not our job. Yeah, that absolutely. Um, but I mean, the flip side of that is that you know something like the CyberEyes, you know, it it does so much, um, and not to mention that you know free software updates for life. I mean, you're already so far ahead of the pack in terms of, uh, you know, I, we, we mentioned screeners before, but, you know, I'll just go back to that example. I, you know, some screeners out there are like upwards of, you know, $1,500, $1,700. Uh, and that version's only good for a few years, and a new version releases, and those people are just stuck with an oh, older yeah. version. Um, so oh, yeah. Well, and the other one that kills me is all the ones that are software-based, but they update with an SD card. Really? Yeah. When was the last time you updated computer software with a floppy disk? <laughs> What's the difference? Oh, I, sorry. It, that kills me. I, that one kills me. <laughs> I see that on a couple of products out there. Like, oh no, you you buy the update. It comes out on an SD card. Yeah, I updated. You ship on floppies too. I updated a product last <laughs> week on SD card. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ah, see? Uh, it's just crazy. And it's a and it's a brand new product. It came out this year. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. But I mean, there you go. That's what it, and so that's where we're failing, right? Yeah. As technologists, this is where I get on my soapbox for a minute, but as technologists who are supposed to be in AT that is supposed to be 20 to 30 years out front, 
how is it that we are behind on simple things like the way we update our software? Sure. Do over-the-air updates like everybody else? Give me a break. Right. <laughs> but now, crazy. but but now, is that the other advantage of say using um, more mainstreamed um, platforms? Um, over obviously proprietary custom built platforms is that it does allow you to dramatically decrease the the end cost of the unit. So we do, I think commercial off the shelf hardware is critical and key to our price point. I've always said that from day one and, and I, I still believe that. I just don't want to get in the hardware business. I, I understand what mm. the investment that's required there and I, I just don't want to be in that business. Um, so, but the, the issue that comes with that though, is there are some special scenarios that, you know, I, I told you the story about Teresa and the Buffett concert and all that, that she has RP and the first and even the second versions of CyberEyes that were on the M100 and the M300 don't work for her. And, you know, it kills me. We built it for her. She's the reason I quit my job and built this thing. Right. <laughs> and the screen size was just too small for her. So I can't wait. I'm headed to Kentucky November 16th, I think it is. I'm going to try to meet up and try the Samsung one on her and see if it helps because we've worked with a lot of RP in the Samsung since, and it's good. So I'm hoping we'll finally get there. But, yeah, that, it's, it's, that's the craziest part about this. Is it doesn't matter what hardware you're on. There's still going to be somebody in, in your population that you're still not going to be able to serve. So we just keep looking and keep trying and keep looking. Well, sure, and that's you know that can be the frustrating thing about about the visually impaired community in general is because there's so many different conditions that you know there's there's you know loss of peripheral vision there's loss of central vision you know it all depends on you know where where the vision at is at you know is is very dependent on what particular product may or may not work for that person so yeah i can can understand Well, i think that's one of the issues with consumer hardware is they assume vision is there and so a lot of the screens are fixed Google Glass, HoloLens, all of those, the, the screen location is fixed. Um, so that, that's one of the advantages of the Vuzix and, and what we ended up doing in the Samsung is the Vuzix, for example, is on a rail mount system. So you can slide it forward or back to adjust the focal length. You can raise it up or down to get it out of your field of view if you want. The screen itself rotates up and down, folds in and out. So we call it finding your sweet spot. And for some folks, it can take up to about a half an hour or so. But we can usually find the sweet spot because the hardware is adjustable. Right. So what would the process be for somebody, let's say, who had their own Samsung Gear VR or somebody in the family had it and they wanted to actually try the CyberEyes product? Sure. The best way is to just give me a call and we'll talk through it with you. Um, We don't do a demo on it as of yet because there's actually quite a bit of work with the way the, the security on Samsung works. We've got to work with you to get some numbers off your phone and actually compile that into the app, that sort of thing. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> right. right. So, but we do, one of the other crazy things that we're super proud of for having started in this industry is CyberEyes has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Um, nobody else did that when we first started. Now, several of our competitors, I'll, I'll name names, Orcam, for example, uh, started offering a 30-day money-back guarantee after us. Uh-huh. So we're happy to help you and uh, set you up and see if it works for you. And if not, we'll give you your money back. Can they can they also buy the whole package from you, like the Gear VR or everything? They can. Yeah, they sure can. So they can get a, a brand new unlocked Samsung S8 smartphone and the Gear VR headset and CyberEyes all pre-installed and ready to go. Yeah. Well, great. Okay. Well, you know what? That's a great segue into where where can people find you guys uh, online. 
Sure. So we're at cybertimes.com, www.cyberteimes.com. So then our phone number is uh, 202-827-6883. So 202-827-6883. And then, of course, we're on all the social medias. We're usually the CyberTimes. So Facebook, Twitter, all those guys, we're, we're out there. Perfect. And we'll make sure that we include the all the links uh, in our show notes as well. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I always try to talk about as a company is I, I'm serious about this unemployment thing to a level that, that people think I'm a little nuts about it. But <laughs> in our distribution process, you guys should know we partnered with Industry for the Blind Milwaukee. And so when we order the glasses, they go to Milwaukee. And there we have two girls, Gina and Selena. Uh, Gina's low vision, Selena's total. They unbox the glasses, load CyberEyes up on them, load TalkBack, test them out, and then ship them out to our customers. So we're really proud that we created two blind labor positions there in Milwaukee. And then on top of that, our help desk is guys that come to us from the Wounded Warrior Program. So it's visually impaired veterans who are coming out of the service in their last 12 months. They come work for us. They use CyberEyes to do their job, to read the computer screens and enter all the notes and answer the phone and help you with any questions that you've got, that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm doing everything I can, guys. Every feature in CyberEyes has a name tied to it. Nothing that we develop is something that we did on a whiteboard and then shoved down everybody's throat. Right. Everything that's in it is because somebody said, man, you guys are doing this. Can you add color identification? Wow, you did colors. Can you do moods? Huh. Right? And every <laughs> one of them was for an individual and a real backstory to them. So we do listen to all the feedback. We do take everything to heart, and we are constantly working to improve and, and put out the best solution out there for everybody. Anything you can talk about that you're working on next? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the holy grail for all of us is wayfinding, right? So mm. being able to navigate yep. through spaces and chairs and tables and, and all that kind of stuff. And we've been working on it for a while, so that's why I talk about it. We're getting really close. Um, but we're, we're working with some folks that are experts in drone technology and taking object avoidance and that sort of software off of drones and wow. putting those into the glasses to be able to map horizontal spaces and identify objects in your path. And that sort of thing. So it's about to get really, really cool, guys. There's cool, this, this cool. Machine learning changes everything. Yeah. I'll bet. Well, hey, listen, we'd love to have you on again uh, maybe once you, you've launched that and we can talk a little bit about that because that sounds fascinating as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So software updates, uh, they're every 60 days, actually. So we talk about stuff, say, hey, we're working on this. People think it's going to be two years. We oh, release so a new version every 60 days. Wow. Oh. Man, how do you have the time to talk to us? <laughs> <laughs> that's my job, right? That's, so that's, that's the last crazy thing I'll leave you guys with that, that just lets you know I'm a real guy. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. If you hadn't picked that up yet, I'm an engineer. <laughs> we're a company of engineers. We know we've got some great tech. We know it's the most wearable with the most number of features and has the ability to help so many people. We're terrible at marketing. Nobody <laughs> knows we exist. So that's what I see is my job most of the time now is just to talk to people and yell it from the mountaintops. Hey, we're here. Come check this out. <laughs> so that's why I will always make time for you guys. Absolutely. All right. Well, we won't keep you. Thank you again right, so much for joining us. Thank you, Sean. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. All right. Anytime. Take care. Bye. Bye. That is, yeah, that is really, really cool. That's, this is, it's, it's sort of what, when we first started talking about Google Glass ages ago, mm -hmm. this is, this is exactly the type of product that was in my head. I was just like, this could be such an amazing yeah. uh, AT piece. 
and here we go. They've done it. You know, they've 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 created it. I mean, talk about a, a you know a, a catch-all device that can pretty much do everything. Well, you know, like you said, he's they're using the Seeing AI app, which everybody in the blindness community is raving about. You know, and that's a free app. They're you know for the OCR, which works really well. In my experiences on my iPhone 5C, sure. Um, Amazon Echo, you know, like I said, I own two Amazon Echo Dots and use them every day. So that opens the doors for information gathering, listening to music, like you said, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Casting I, to your TV to watch something with your family. I mean, try counting up the, the number of products that this mm-hmm. one product would actually replace. Yep. You know, you've got a CCTV, uh, you know, you've, you've got uh, you know, the OCR functionality. Yep. Um, there have been devices that have done things like uh, color identification, mm-hmm. right? Like it was and apps and yeah, right. But you know, nothing in in this sort of catch-all one product. Nope, barcode reading. You know, so it's great. I mean, it's really great to see a really functional wearable like this uh, on the market, ready to go and uh, using mainstream hardware. Only get yeah, and only getting better. Yep. Got to try it. it, but it's so true. You know, we have we have had experiences with different AT companies that have been completely composed of engineers, and they mm-hmm. are terrible at marketing. Yep, their their product names are always horrible. <laughs> Not going to name any names. Eclipseware. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, they just they're they're not good, not intuitive product names at all. You don't know what the product is based on the name. It's just right. They're they're great at building stuff, building amazing products. Not great at 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 product names. Hire a marketer, guys. There you go. That's my advice. Excellent advice. Uh, hey Ryan. Yes, sir. Where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. Drop us a line if you so desire. Atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Man, we we must. It must be the end of a long day because we we did that faster than that's I think right. we <laughs> ever have before. <laughs> that's right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, hey everybody! Thanks so much for listening in once again. We'll see you next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com music provided by bensound.com whoa look at that master of the one take